This is Life Links with a DL link. 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon to you. Nikki Seberini here on the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. So I have to start off by saying, yes, the power is a problem. On, off, on, off. And yes, the rain is now a big problem because it's just making driving um, on the roads that much more difficult. And it is tough and it's bad for business and it delays everything. And then our minds, of course, go to, oh, my goodness, this country, where are we going? What is going to be happening? And then we gather in little groups and we talk about how terrible everything is. And all I want to start off um, by saying is this. This is the way it is at the moment. And there's nothing we can do about this at the moment. So we can complain and we can get really miserable and we can get really, really angry and really despondent. Or we can decide not to. And I have to say that the one amazing thing is that you're not alone. I'm not alone. We're not experiencing this alone. We're all in it together. We're all experiencing the setbacks and the frustrations and the delays. So I'm hoping that you are um, able to listen to the entire show if you do have electricity. Maybe you're listening. You're streaming from your phone. And if there is any delay and you can have to stop listening, the good news, once again, good news, is that we will be podcasting the show. Because, you know, this is how it is at the moment. So let's move forward with inspiration. Let's move forward with incredible guests that will keep you listening and just focusing on all the blessings and all the wonderful things that we do have. And I'm really not trying to make light of the situation. I'm just saying let's just try and experience it if we can in a slightly different way because we have no choice. This is the way it is. Now, I want to tell you that once again, my producer Lee has put together a fabulous show for you. We have three powerful women who are going to be joining us today um, and who are really operating at the top of their game. And when I say it, you know, physically, and mentally. So we're going to be talking to Lee Denhont, who is an award-winning uh, businesswoman, and she's an extreme sportswoman, author, and she is the third South African woman to climb Mount Everest. Incredible. After that, I'm going to be talking to a warrior who is, her name is Miley Ramara, and uh, she's a brain lupus warrior, and she healed herself naturally from brain lupus. So again, this mind-body connection. And then we're going to be talking about yoga. Nadine Hurwitz is going to be joining us. She's from the Yoga Alliance. She's a Yoga Alliance yoga teacher. She's the owner of Yoga Love, and we're going to be looking at the psychological benefits of yoga. So as I said, incredible powerful woman talking about this mind-body connection and hopefully inspiring you all the way. And just to keep the inspiration going, you know that it is the Jerusalem Marathon happening very, very soon, that the DL link, I believe when I spoke to Michelle, had over 84 um, participants, part of the DL link, team DL link. But it's not too late. If you want to join them, you absolutely certainly can. In fact, I think that the lights have just come on. Woohoo! The lights have returned. Electricity power is back, I think. Um, and uh, so you can. I know that the registration closes on the 22nd of February. Um, the Jerusalem Marathon is happening in March, on the 15th of March. 
You can join Team Dear Link, as I said, up until the 22nd of Feb. Do it. Do something extraordinary. I'm telling you that once you finish listening to Lee Den Hunt, you are going to want to do something extraordinary. These things that just pop out, um, that you really push yourself, you really achieve great things. And um, I think that Lee's going to be inspiring you greatly. But before we chat to her, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Lee will be back on the other side. We're going to also be talking about her fabulous book, What Happens When You Say Yes. But before we break, I just want to tell you that Bennett's Bum cream has just been awarded product of the year 2019 in the baby care category and we are proud to be associated with the dear link and value the tremendous work that they do bennett's baby bum cream 300 gram tubs will be on special for just 62.99 at pick and pay stores nationwide from the 25th of february until the 3rd of march and that is a saving of 17 rand per product so don't miss out on that special quick break we'll be right back this is life links with a dl link welcome back the dl link show where we connect you through insights information and illumination so i was lucky enough a few years ago when i was on another radio station to have lee denhont come onto the show and she was talking about it was fresh after her everest climb um and she was talking about her experience and i remember that interview so well just picturing what it was like for hours and hours to be walking along holding onto this rope um and and i remember it taking something like 14 and a half hours to summit i mean just think about 14 and a half hours. Think about what you do in 12 hours. Now imagine you're climbing and it was only something like 850 meters and it's taking 14 and a half hours just to to go 850 meters. An extraordinary story. And you know, Lee has done so much besides running marathons and, and Ironman and also recently in 2017, a, a desert run, which she'll tell us about. Having summited Everest, she's also written a book, What Happens When You Say Yes. And I was saying to Lee, you know, I get lots of books to read and I'm really, really enjoying this book. It's so inspiring. And to climb inside of, into the mind of a person who is so single-minded in what she wants in life um, is is a wonderful journey. It's, it's great to be able to get that insight. So Lee, Welcome. Thank you, Nikki. It's wonderful to be on your show again. Uh, what, five years later? It is. Yes, it is. Wonderful to be and here. And you haven't changed. You Neither look fantastic. You. <laughs> Clearly marathons and climbing and doing suits you. And challenges, yes. <laughs> challenges. <laughs> yes. Challenges suit you. So this challenge, writing a book. Now, I know that some people say mm-hmm. when they want to write a book, they, they set time aside, they, they remove themselves, they switch off everything and they go and write the book or they do little bits every single day. What was it for you? Because it's a big task. It's a very big task and it took a period of just over three years. But what's really important, I'd like to share the motivation behind the book because Please. I was never going to write a book or something that was never in part of my plan or my schedule. And that is over the past five years, I've been really fortunate to do motivational talks all over South Africa. My 
talk is called Be Inspired, and it really has inspired many audiences. And my big vision and my dream and my goal for my life is to become a global speaker and to go and inspire audiences all over the world. And three years ago, I started working with a company, a communications company based in New York City, and told them my big plans. And they said, to be a global speaker, you need to have a book because it gives the speaker credentials. And that is where this entire journey started uh-huh. about writing this book. And very excited. It was launched in November last year. It's being sold in exclusive books all over South Africa, and it's done really, really well so far. So, so far, so great. What happens when you say yes? So, so there's so many things I want to talk about, but the first is what you've just done right now in the past minute, and that is declaring yourself. Mm. And that's what you do. You declare yourself. Mm. And, and it's worked for you, and then there was a time when it didn't work for you because there was a setback in life, but it didn't stop you. So let's talk about the importance of putting out there when you want something to so publicly announce, this is what I want. Absolutely. Because isn't that what holds people back is failure or if I put it out there and then I don't achieve it. Let's talk. Have you always been like that? Have you always declared yourself, this is what I want, this is what I'm going to be doing? Absolutely. And the, and the book is very much about that. You know, so many times we live a life saying, I should have, I would have, I could have, and I didn't. And that what saying yes is, is that essentially just looking at the opportunity because there's always going to be a challenge. But if you can push through the challenge, there is a gift on the other side in everything. And that's, that book is not just about sport. It's not just about Everest. It was about no. making decisions in my life that I yes. thought were right at the time and they weren't right, but I still pushed through and I said yes. And there is no failure in life. There is, there are setbacks. There are no failures, not at all. And uh, the vision for one's life is to have a big vision for your life, you know, to dream big, to, to have a goal and, and to put it out there because it's so important you know it it really is I really believe God's gift to you is the potential he's given you what you do with your potential is your gift right back to him so you start off, and I love that because you, you say, like, do people have a special DNA, these people who achieve? Because it was on a Sunday that you decided, I'm going to climb Everest. You were Absolutely. watching Nadal Djokovic play. Yes. Lewis Pugh, who we think is amazing, the, what we call him, the human um, polar bear. Pa- the polar bear. Yes, the human polar and, bear. And um, he's achieved so much. So you were inspired by all of these people, and you thought, I've got to achieve something mm. great. I've got to do something. That's it. Nikki, I was sitting on the couch. It was June. It was 2012. And I was thinking about the next big thing to challenge myself and a few years before that I thought about what about base camp Everest and I thought but why go to base camp when you can go to the top of this incredible mountain and I'm not a climber not well, I've done one one other I had done one other mountain which was Kilimanjaro big difference Kilimanjaro is four days up two days down Everest is the big one it's two months on the mountain but on that Sunday something just completely unblocked in my mind I picked up my phone and I sent Lewis Pugh an email this guy who had inspired me so much on the Friday listening to one of his motivational talks about nothing is impossible in this life and I sent him Mel said, saying, Lewis, I've made a decision today. I want to attempt to summit Mount Everest. That was in June. Eight months later, I was on Mount Everest. Sure. I mean, chilling. It's uh, the the, the goosebumps are up. So you declared yourself. It goes back to the declaring Mm. yourself. Mm. So once you had, you thought about it, you spent the Sunday thinking about it, you picked Mm. up your phone. Once you sent the message, that was it. Mm. The wheels, the wheels started. It started turning. It was in motion. 100%. You know, Nikki, um, I've often heard motivational talkers about, talk, speakers speak about ABC, your attitude, your belief, and your choice. And I think it's the wrong way around. I believe you make the choice to succeed. You believe that you will succeed and cross that finish line. And A is having the attitude that goes with all of that. Success will be the result. And mm-hmm. as I say, it's not just about a sporting field. It's not just about a business field. It's about even the small things in life. You know, what do you choose for yourself? What do you really believe you can achieve? And do you have the attitude to make all of that happen?
So it starts with being inspired, having yes. that inspiration. Yes. You yes. being inspired by mm-hmm. these these tennis players, um, Lewis, they inspired mm-hmm. you. So, so what do you say to people who are sitting here and say, I, I don't dream. I don't have a dream. I don't have an inspiration. I just need to get through today, actually. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've got to try and get the washing to mm-hmm. dry because it's mm-hmm. raining. We've got mm-hmm. no power. Or I've mm-hmm. got to be able to get to work on time and make mm-hmm. the meeting and mm-hmm. pay my, my rent at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Where do people have space to dream and be inspired, Lee? It's such a brilliant question. You know, Nikki, because we, there's so much clutter in this life. We all yeah. believe we're all these little hamsters on a wheel. But you have to stop and you have to say, so what do I want out of my life? You know, I read an incredible book in 2015 and it changed my life called Intentional Living by John Maxwell. And he doesn't just talk about success because success is success is success. He says you can't just lead a successful life. You need to lead a significant life. Mm. And that is so important. What a what difference. It? What a difference. Mm. Absolutely. But the big thing is going back to what one's dream, your vision, your goals for your own life is what do you really want? I mean, people say that's what I really want, but there's work that you need to do to get to it. And people say, but I could never do that. And, I could. and then I say, but ask yourself, how important is it to you? How important? Because if you know why you're doing what you're doing, you'll know how to do it. It's the purpose versus the challenge. Because if you really understand that purpose, no challenge is big enough. So why was Everest important to you? Everest was important to me. uh, Number one, I challenged myself 100%. And I was always going to challenge myself with Everest um, as a sporting challenge, a personal challenge, something I'd never done. And um, when I realized what the cost was, I thought if I'm going to be spending that kind of money on a personal adventure, I need to do this for something which is way bigger than me. And that is a very real cause, which led to the creation of the Field of Dreams Foundation. Mm, which we'll get to. Yes. Which we'll get yes. to. Let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back with, with more inspiring stories. Stay with us. This is Life Links with a DL Link. Thanks so much for staying with us. The DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Um, I have the inspiring Lee Denhunt in the studio. She, you know, besides the Everest you're talking about, there's so many other achievements and also Businesswoman of the Year in the entrepreneurial category in 2015. Mm-hmm. Going, going and achieving so much and such a lovely human being on top of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> you're so lovely. Hey, Thank but you. It's so true. But I, I have to go back to this idea you spoke about you know the hamster wheel that we're there we're just trying to survive where do we have space how do we become inspired how can we choose things and what I love and I've got to use it is your single minded determination is that when you make your mind up yes you're looking at what can go wrong but you 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 are you're just going for it. Mm. You, you, that's it. And, and when you applied that whole mindset, you know, when you went into the sporting industry working for Adidas and then Nike, and then you decided to go to New York. And unfortunately, New York was a huge setback for you because there you were, you had achieved everything you wanted to. You set your mind, you've got this 10 minute, just 10 minutes rule. And where you say to someone, just give me 10 minutes. And it always worked for you. Mm. And then New York, it didn't. Mm. Everything seemed to be working against you mm-hmm. three jobs and then you got stabbed yes on the 20th of September right got stabbed it was uh on, I was on the corner of Madison Avenue in 89th I'd worked my three jobs I was working three jobs seven days a week to pay my rent living in New York uh illegally and with big dreams and all the dreams were 
were not coming true, not at all. And it was tough. Had absolutely no money. And it was one night. It was uh, quarter past midnight. And um, no one was in sight, Nikki. And something said, turn around. I turned around. And there was a guy behind me with a piece of paper in his hand, looking at the paper, looking up at the buildings. And I thought maybe he was lost. And it was 10 seconds later, he stabbed me with a knife right in my back. He took my backpack, of which I had $3 in. And uh, that was just one of the, the real hardships I had in New York City. But the gift from New York City is, yes, I was there for the duration of my visa. Stephen Covey talks about when you climb a ladder and you get to the top of that ladder only to realize your ladder is against the wrong building. And that was New York City for me. It was a defining time in my life. I was 30 years old. I got back to Johannesburg and I had the courage to start my own business, which was 19 years ago. I started that with less than 400 rand, but I believe, Nikki, in life, when you've got nothing, you've got nothing to lose. And I had absolutely nothing returning to South Africa. So New York, was it was hard, it was tough, but it was really defining in my life to to get me back to South Africa, not to go back to an industry that I knew, which was the sportswear industry, had worked for Adidas and Nike, but say, you know what, things were so tough there, they couldn't get any tough. Take a risk. Mm. Say yes. Mm. Say yes, Lee. Mm. There could be a gift... At the end, at the, uh, on the other side of it. And that's why in 2015, winning South African Businesswoman of the Year in the entrepreneurial category was so, it was so important and so significant to uh, me because my beginnings were, were so hard. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. really, really hard. Yeah. Well, it, it was, it's what you, as you said, it's, it's how you got there. Yes. The stab, I mean, literally a stab in the back. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it didn't work out the way you wanted. Yes. So it must have felt like on a spiritual, yes. on an emotional level yes. and then a physical level, the stab in the back. Yeah. But all it did was it just got you to shift and move, grow mm. and then go in the other direction. So, so this talks to your, your mindset mm. and, and the, 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 the incredibly strong mind that you mm. have because you need the strong mind to climb Everest and to do all the mm. little Everest. Mm. As you say, everyone has their own Everest. Absolutely. So Lee, how do people cultivate that? Um, you know, you spoke about the DNA. I was alluding to this a little bit earlier. Like, what is it? Are people just born with it? Is it something that you can cultivate? How do we do it? Such a great question. I don't believe that people have to decide today they're going to climb the highest mountain in the world. I believe everybody's got their own ever. Start with the small things. Step into your week and say it's a Monday. Today I'm going to achieve X, Y, and Z. Just the small stuff. Because it's like training your head, training your heart. It's, it's a muscle that needs to be exercised. There's nothing better than setting yourself a goal for example, to lose weight. And when you start to see results, it feels amazing, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. It's it Start with the small steps. Commit to the success. So I choose success. I choose success. It's not an option. And when you see yourself backsliding, as I said, there's no failure, there's only setbacks. Ask yourself, how important is this to you? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What's the purpose behind all this? Dig so deep to really have an understanding of why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. And I like that you say it's a muscle. Absolutely. Like, and the, these are the habits, right? Exactly. You, you're developing a new mm. way. Mm. So that it's, it's, it's certain disciplines and it yes. gets you there. You yeah. just got to take that first step. 100%. So how did you take the first step when it came to Everest? I mean, that's a huge thing to decide to do. What was the first step? The Besides first, declaring it I'll to tell you right now. <laughs> Exactly. So that was on the Sunday when I sent him that email. And on Monday, I went to work a little bit earlier because I was so excited with this idea running through my head about climbing Everest. Oh. I went onto Google because what do you do when you need information? I went onto Google, Nikki, and I put one question and say, how do I climb Mount Everest? I'm finished. Yes. <laughs> I went onto Google. That was my very first step. And I just want to say, just going back to the previous question, I believe we li- we live in a time right now. There are no excuses. There is so much information at our hands in terms of 
of what we need to get to where we need. Mm. And uh, there's so much more accessible today to to everybody. There really is. So going back to Google, I put that question about Everest, and all this information came to me, Nikki. The two big facts was how long it would take on the mountain. Anybody running a company, managing a team, heading up a department, two months is a very long time yeah. to step out of that role. And then the personal cost. That was going to cost uh, 600,000 rand wow. to climb Everest. Yes, I found a Canadian company called Peak Freaks, and the reason I went with them... I can go with Peak is that they'd been in the industry for 19 years but Nikki there was one line on their website it said we have a 100% safety record and what that meant is that nobody had died okay. on any of the expeditions because my family thought I was crazy mm. saying you know what Lee you've run a few races you've done X, Y and Z but mountains especially for South Africans we don't know snow or ice or avalanches Yeah. so it was uh, all very very strange to them so you went to Europe for a while to practice for a yes. few days or a week. I was or there for long? five days. <laughs> yeah, and then four this months. This was later. your introduction to yes. cold climbing. Exactly. Five days in Europe. Pre- exactly. Preparation. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, and then in the that was in the December and March. Left for Kathmandu, Nepal, to get onto the mountain wow. for two months. And base camp, that's the two months, base camp. Yes, that was my home. And uh, so you essentially you are based there. You do the various rotations. And then on the 19th of May, we went because that was our summit window. And, uh, yeah, it was um, the 29th of May. I was back in South Africa. Wow. Mm. So I have to ask this. Mm. It's such a risk. There's mm. such a huge risk. I know mm. you chose freak peaks or whatever they call peak freaks mm. because they've got their, 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 mm-hmm. their success rate. But how many people have perished climbing this mountain? How many people have lost their lives? There are and you knew that. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, you know that you are going mm. into an obvious, obvious danger. I mean, you, it's a calculated risk. Mm-hmm. You've prepared yourself physically. Mm-hmm. You've prepared yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it is. But you're about to go there. What is your relationship with death? My relationship with death. I went, and I wouldn't say with a blind face. Because you, you had to. Of think. Course, I mean, you had to. Of course. Of uh, course. You know, in terms of, we had nine people that died while I was on the mountain for those eight weeks. Really? Yes. Nine people lost their lives. Oh, the goodness. one night we actually had a very experienced Russian climber in our tent having dinner with us. And the very next day he lost his life. Oh, no. In the Kumbo Icefall. Yes. So it, Everest is a dangerous, dangerous mountain. I never ever saw, and I'm not bulletproof, most definitely not. And I'm very, I am a Realist. I would never put myself into into obvious harm's way, not at all. But the one thing that made me feel safe in terms of I didn't think that death would knock on my doorstep is that I really felt I'd gone with the correct company. So in terms of Peak Freaks, their experience, a very experienced leader, they all had the right credentials, and I felt that I would be safe with this company that knew what they were doing. Okay. Yeah, very much so. You know, also, yes, there's a massive cost involved, and uh, they're there to take care of you, even though ultimately a climber, you are there at your own risk. It's your own decision there. And when you do the summit push, uh, that's where they're very, very strict in terms of you've got to turn back at a certain hour because of weather and lack of oxygen and uh, work can get really, really dangerous. And Peak Freaks were an incredible, incredible com- uh, company and a great leadership. Our leader had this one vision of us, one team, one dream. We were a group of novices. How many of you? There was, I was the only woman in a group of 18 men Gee for the was. two months Gee and there were, was. I know, and there were Amazing. five male climbers and then myself that made the summit with a really great support team. Just incredible. Mm. Really, really incredible. Yeah. So coming down, it's a, the death zone. So you, yes. I mean, cause you start the book and you say, you know, it's all about getting to the top, mm. but actually as soon as you got to the top and you'd put up the flag, all you want to do is get down yeah. because of the danger mm. and because you've got that short period of time. It's a short little window yes. to start getting 
down. Mm. And you mm. would think you'd be able to go on your bum and just, you know, no, 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 slip no, no. down. <laughs> but it's, no. that's the challenge. That's Absolutely. a big part of the challenge, isn't it? That was the hardest part. You know, Everest for me was, I completely underestimated. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And it's turned out to be my greatest, greatest gift mm-hmm. because it's just opened that door of opportunity and my mind to say that nothing in this life is impossible. Right. But getting to the top of Everest as is from the death zone, let me explain to you, the death zone is called the death zone because your expedition leader wants to get you in there and out of there as fast as possible. You're at the height of 8,000 meters. If you cut yourself, your body won't heal. Not at all because the, the human body oh. is not meant to be at that height. Sure. So going from 8,000 meters to the top of Everest, 848 meters, which is less than a kilometer. As you said earlier, it took me 14 and a half hours. Mm. And by the time I got to the top, I was hallucinating. I could hardly breathe. We were up there for literally 20, 25 minutes. You take your photographs, you take your flag out, and then you have to get back to the death zone, which took me another nine and a half hours. Oh my and Nikki, Everest is a lot. You haven't like, stopped no, from, no. since you left. No. It's, oh my goodness. So for 1.6 kilometers, it's taken me 23 and a half hours. Mm. And Everest is a bit like life. It's not how you start something, it's how you finish right. it. Because what happens, if you get to the top of Everest and you summit, but you don't make it down, they don't count as a summit. You've got to go up and you've got to complete it because more people die on the way down. More people sure. lose their life on the way down. And that's why we say it's like life. It's not how you start something. You have to cross the finish line. Mm. You have to actually finish it. Mm. And then it's seen as a successful summit. Hmm. So let's talk about those moments when you're not breathing. Um, you, it's an it's absolute struggle to putting one foot in mm. front of the other. What is going through your mind? Are you talking to yourself? Are you in automatic? What's kicked in? Is it the instinct that's kicked in or is the higher Lee kicking mm. in and, and encouraging the very physical Lee on? You know, it's something that I really unpack in my talks, be inspired, because the two big questions that I was always asked is, Lee, did you ever think that you weren't going to make it? And Nikki, I didn't think I'd make it back from the top from the top of Everest back to the death zone. I didn't think I'd make those 848 meters back. As I said, I was hallucinating. My bladder was out of control. I was freezing cold. It was minus 34 degrees. Oh. The lack of oxygen in your body just wants to shut down. And the most important question they said, but when you thought you weren't going to make it, what made you make it? What yes. was that trigger? And that yes. comes back to your question. And I believe this with any goal is when you can really understand what your purpose is. What's your purpose? Why are you doing what you're doing? There is no challenge that you cannot overcome. And I really believe digging so deep thinking, but why are you doing what you're doing? It was the, the, the purpose that kicked in that assisted me to achieving the challenge of getting right back to the death zone and getting back to base camp. And yeah, having Everest as a successful experience in my life. Were you asking yourself those questions at the time? It's yes. all, it's, it's easy for us to sit here now. Know. <laughs> you know, it's like Viktor Frankl in Logotherapy, Man's yes. Search for Meaning, yep. Having Purpose in Life, mm. the same mm. thing, that yes. you can achieve, you can survive yeah. anything yes. if you have the purpose. Mm. So while you were there yes. and you are hallucinating mm. and you can hardly breathe and the thought enters your mind, mm. I don't think I'm going to make it. Yeah. So now you've, there's a struggle, mm. right? There's a power struggle mm. happening. I don't think I'm going to make it. Well, mm. why are you doing this? I'm doing this because this it. is my purpose. Were you having, was it this Completely. argument all Completely. the time. Sure. I mean, I had visions thinking maybe a helicopter can come up here. Maybe this, maybe that. I can't. I had a zillion things running through my head. and had a di- It was the moment in my life where I've never, ever had to dig as deep as what I did. But really saying, but what are you doing? Why? 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 And I believe if you know why you're doing something, you will know how to do it. And how was just one step in front of the other, breathing slowly, one step in front of the other, and just being conscious that I will reach the death zone. I will make it. Mm. And I did. Nine and a half hours later, I got back to the death zone. And when you got back? When I got back, Mm. I got into the tent. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember actually sitting there thinking, 
I made it to the top of the world. I summited the highest mountain in the world oh, as, an, as a novice climber. Yeah, and it all started to sink in with huge gratitude. How did you warm gratitude. up? How did I warm? I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Just you were freezing. freezing. You really freezing, suffered yeah. hey, from the in cold. A, yeah, we were in a, in a massive down suit, which protects your body for tem- for, from temperatures as low as minus 40 degrees. I said it went to minus 34. Never sure. been that cold in my life. Minus 34. Mm. And what did you eat? What did we eat? I've we, got to ask that you've question. You've got to ask, I know. I mean, for me, it's, it has there. to be a celebration. Absolutely. <laughs> so we take up food. It was very much stodgy, very, uh, um, very high in, um, kilojoules, but we take the ice. You'd need to melt that first. So you'd boil it up because everything freezes up there. Oh my goodness. So you can't take anything up. You know, you've got to, from camp to, you take your own food and you make your own food. There's no more it's dining. It's extraordinary. Facilities. It's just yeah. extraordinary. You've been there. Wow. Mm. On that edge. You've yes. been right on that edge. On but the top. Both physically mm-hmm. and and mentally and spiritually and emotionally, and wow, absolutely on that edge, that yeah. very fine, fine edge, mm-hmm. amazing. Lee, stay exactly where you mm-hmm. are because I've got someone else also. Because I started off the show and I said, you know, these powerful women are coming on the show today, and people who are at the top of their game, and I, mm-hmm. so the top of your game, I mean, business, but also the connection, the mind, the body, mm-hmm. pushing your body, pushing your mind. So our next guest really has done the same thing. She's mm-hmm. our warrior today, um, an incredible. A credible woman She she had brain lupus um, And I'm not going to tell you any more about that I'm going to rather get um, our warrior today To share her story with us um, Maleburu Ramara will call her Mali Mali, welcome Thank you so much for joining us Thank you, thank you for inviting me I appreciate that Oh, it's lovely, lovely having you on the show So you're a personal trainer You're a yoga and silent meditation teacher A group fitness instructor Sports nutrition coach And businesswoman Wow, yeah. is all I can say But let's talk about brain lupus, Mali What, what is that? Um, lupus is when your, your cell Your healthy cell attacks its own organs Different organs Can I take the skin, the liver, mind attack the brain. And and how did that manifest? I mean, how were you feeling? How did it affect you? It, I had massive headache, chronic headache, headaches that you can't take a pull and they go away. And my skin changed from light to dark. I had insomnia. I had hallucinations. Uh, yes, I, I thought I saw aliens. And sure. I, I saw... Also had suicidal thoughts. Um, that's what happened. Yeah, I'm very emotional, very, very emotional because you can't control how your hormone works. So that's how it manifests itself. Mali, that sounds absolutely horrific. How how long were you in the state for? Um, you know, I got that in 2000, but I didn't know it was brain lupus, so I was able to heal myself naturally. But I didn't change my lifestyle and uh, like eating healthy. I was exercising, but eating not healthy. And then I healed for years, and it came back 2009. And 2009, it was the worst. The body was doing things I don't think that then in physiology or science. Mm. Uh, it was the worst part. Um, and I was feeling strange stuff in my body, and I almost killed my mom because of the hallucination were deeper. Sure. And I was, I thought she was an alien. So. So, so how does one, when you're going through, when you're in pain and you're going through hallucinations, so you're not yourself, you're not experiencing your reality as you normally would, how do you climb on top of that and use your mind and use correct eating and exercise to heal yourself? Where does that inner wisdom come from, Miley? 
Uh, for me, I honestly believe that my eight-year-old put me through, pulled me through all those episodes. Because 2013, when he came back, I went to the hospital, and they said I am schizophrenia. They booked me into psychiatric hospital. Sure. The Chinese, the Chinese uh, uh, doctors asked me questions about why, why do I have bumps on my head. I told him I was burning from the inside, and my skin is, is dark, and I'm usually like, he, he said it's an autoimmune. Then I went to the clinic, lupus clinic, they did lots of tests. After three months, they said, no, you've got lupus and it's attacking your brain. That's why you have hallucination. Mm-hmm. So I took the medication. I became depressed. I didn't know I was depressed. Somebody actually told me I was depressed. And I took depression medication. I became suicidal. Mm-hmm. So after, after I started, because I was unemployed, I didn't have a job. I, I rented my house. I sold the car. My mom was supporting me through his grant, through a grant and domestic worker. So I was basically out of, <laughs> out of society living. So after I got my first client, I understand how the mind works because I've done yoga and, and personal training, but I needed to get out of a last line. I needed a last line to mm. say, okay, God, give me a last line, something to do. Mm. That gave me a reason to leave because I'm thinking about killing myself here and I know how the mind works as you think you become. So I got my first line. I said, okay, I need just two months, two months to leave the medication. And I left the medication. I said, now I can't focus on, on my body having gained weight and I've never gained weight in my life. Now I have a tummy that I don't, I can't focus on that. I need to to teach my mind to remember what it feels like to exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I focus on my skin. Because when you focus on good, that's where healing happens. You're teaching your brain, your neurotransmitters. You're teaching your alpha brain where to change. But also physiologically, you're changing, you're producing your endorphin, your serotonin. So I focused on good. My good was my size. I love good. I spend all the two runs that I get from just buying <laughs> Body, body shop products so that I can focus them. Then I also focus on nutrition. Now, when you don't have money, eating healthy is, 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 is like, you, you are being told that you need to eat flex food and Thai food, all those things. Yeah. But I bought vegetables. At North Street, I just, I, when I used to go train my clients, I'll buy these vegetables, eggs, brown pop, and I'll buy chicken once a week and eat all those things. My, my my aim was, how do I get my mind to believe that I can heal from within? Because that's what I believe I can. Right. I did it twice, 2000 and 2009. And 2009 was worse. And 2009, what I said to my mom was, in order for me to heal, take me to church. All I want is to be in a place where I can connect with that eight-year-old who says, um, um, and God show my mother my, your greatness. So I wanted to connect with that greatness within me to say sure. I can heal, understand the mind, how it works, understand the body. There's a reason why I did personal training and there's a reason why I did yoga. It's hmm. to bring the, 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 the Western science and the Eastern science together to say I can heal this body. So when they took me to, I, my mom thought I was dying. My friend said I was smelling death. So for me to say I can heal. Mm. I know how the body works. I know how the mind. If I can tap to that innate, innate intelligence that we come with, that we are more than our body, 
if I could get to that space, I know I can heal. And that's what Mali, we're going to just take a quick break. Stay with us, um, and, and then we'll continue with your story. Thank you. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. And welcome back to the DR Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Um, in the studio, we have Lee Denhont, who is, uh, well, she's just r- written this incredible book called What Happens When You Say Yes. Um, and we were talking about her experience climbing Everest, but then there's so much more. We'll get back to Lee. And I also have um, Miley Ramara um, on the show, who is a brain lupus warrior, um, and just having horrific, horrific experiences in 2000, 2009, um, and then her last experience when she was diagnosed with schizophrenia until another doctor said, no, this is autoimmune um, and this is lupus and it's attacked your brain. An incredible story, Miley, how, um, you know, you dug so deep, uh, as you said, connecting with your innate wisdom, the innate intelligence of the body and using the mind and the body and the nutrition and your meditation and your yoga to heal mm-hmm. yourself, which is which is really, really um, unbelievable. Um, how how are you today? Today I'm good because you know when you when you start understanding that healing is not just about healing your body but also about healing your mind and healing your mind is about healing those beliefs that you were taught that you were not good enough you were taught that you were not amounting because when you're stressing about those things it's actually um, compromising your immune system so I had to go deep deep but what, what for me what made me heal more now is that I eventually healed um rift between me and my mom before she passed. She passed last year. So it was for me the forgiveness. Mm. For me the forgiveness between us to actually healing our past for mm. all the wounds that, that she caused through her words started my healing. So now sure. I'm I'm at ease. I'm like my my heart is running over when I think of Wow. Her. Wow. You no, know, it's like the, where there is love, there is a lot of healing and where there's forgiveness, your body heals. So I I, I know that I'm uphilled and I can't push myself, I can't work hard and I appreciate the lupus that is giving me this opportunity that I can work from home and educate people from home or do yoga retreat or speak or facilitate. I appreciate that. But thinking about my mom Mm -hmm. and that she took care of me when I was at the worst I'm filled with appreciation. Oh, that you turn around and you look at lupus and everything that you've been through and you have an appreciation for what you've learned and talking about forgiveness. I, I love what you've said, Miley. I really, really do. And I know that our audience so appreciates it as well. I know that you've got a yoga, one day yoga t- retreat coming up. Can you very quickly tell us about it? I'm, 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 I'm going to do a retreat. I'm still looking for, I want to take it to a place where they have food that I want and I'm going to finalize it but I'm going to teach people about the science of the body and the mind and forgiveness but I'm going to give them tools I do every day the tools that I teach the mind you need to focus once you change your subconscious mind you see what your subconscious mind takes over and you see what you feel Mm. and your body does same way. So I teach people, I'm going to give them tools. How do you actually get to a point where, yes, take your medication, but think positively, heal mm-hmm. from within. Everything is from 
within. From within. So to, you're going to have to keep us updated. Will you let me know when when uh, when you no. have that retreat? Listen, thank yes. you for coming onto the show. It's it's been a great blessing having you um, on the show and sharing your story. And what an incredible story, Miley. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Retreat is on the 16th. I just need to finalize the venue okay. and I'll let you know. You'll let us know. Lovely, Mali. Take care. Um, Maleburu, um, Ramara, Mali, and just talking about forgiveness and love, um, and, um, appreciation and, and all of these things and using yoga and mind. And she says, from within, healing from within. So um, I, I, it's such a brilliant segue, actually, for our next guest who has been doing yoga for many years. She's part of the Yoga Alliance Yoga Teacher. She's the owner of Yoga Lover. Um, Nadine Hurts, welcome. Great having you on the show. Thank you, Nikki. Great to be here. So when you hear Miley talk about the yoga and mind, and let's talk about yoga. You know, in the old days, it was only a certain group of people who went, you know, only if you were affiliated with a certain philosophy in life. Would you go and attend a yoga class and what were the benefits? But there's such a strong movement because of the incredible benefits of yoga. So let's talk about these benefits. And and we're talking about mind-body connection. Maybe you can just tell for those people who don't know much about yoga, Nadine. So um, interesting you say that because when I started yoga 17 years ago, there must have been a handful of studios around Johannesburg. And it actually was quite difficult to access, but it was something that was inside me. I just knew I had to access it. And today there's really, I mean, if you go overseas, even in Johannesburg, there's really a yoga studio basically in every area, almost on every corner. So true. And I think the reason is because the world we live in today is so stressful. It's so filled with anxiety. Um, especially in Johannesburg, we really live a cutthroat world. I mean, we are just running. Whether you're working or you're staying at home, you just really fill up your day. And I think people need yoga so much more today. And I think that's why it's become so much a part of people's lives. If you speak to anyone, they're either involved in yoga, they're involved in meditation, they're involved in mindfulness. And the benefits are just massive. And, you know, 30 years ago in the 70s, it really was, you know, something that people spoke about. Now there's actually research to support the mm. fact that yoga actually has these huge psychological benefits on your life. Let's take a break. I want to hear about those psychological benefits. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. So we're looking at the benefits, or we're discussing the benefits, the psychological benefits of yoga. Um, and I have the right person in the studio to share those benefits, because there's a lot of science, as you were saying, Nadine, um, before people were doing it, but now there's so much research behind it. What are the benefits? So I think the main thing is that yoga changes those pathways in your brain. We, we live our lives on this flight or flight mode, which is your sympathetic nervous system. And when you are practicing yoga, even though it is a physical practice, you're bringing your breath in. And what happens is it oxygenates your blood. And then you access your parasympathetic nervous system. And when you access that parasympathetic nervous system, everything changes in your body. So your anxiety decreases. If you're feeling a little bit down, you're feeling a bit depressed, you know your your levels, your serotonin levels increase. You feel a lot more happier, a lot calmer. And you have the ability, once that all takes place and your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, you have a clear mind. Mm. And in order to live life today, when we are so filled with so many tasks, 
all you need is a clear mind. And I was actually speaking to one of my fellow teachers the other day, and I said to him, I said, you know, actually all we want in life and all we strive for is peace of mind. Because if you have peace of mind, you have everything. You have everything. You've got everything. You can everything. think straight. You can handle your day. And, you know, you can't change the stresses of our society. It's just almost getting worse. But you can certainly change how you approach it and how you deal with it. And I know for myself, and I speak personally, I'm a very anxious person. I have been my whole life. And if it wasn't for yoga, I would not be able to function and do the things that I do. Mm. I really, I, it's my daily practice. In addition to my daily practice, I breathe every day. And you have to have that practice in order to deal with what we have in our lives mm. today. And I'm it's no different to anyone else. It's a self-management tool. You know, Absolutely. we have to, we, we can outsource it or we insource it. And, and, and it's a self-management. This is part of it. And so with the meditation, with the yoga, you were talking about the breathing and, and the, the parasympathetic nervous system, but you're so present, right? Absolutely. You are so in that moment. And even if your mind wanders, as soon as you go back to your breath, you're so present. Absolutely. It's the gift. Absolutely. It's the gift of and, it. And the gift of the actual yoga is that you can be having the worst day and you can start off your yoga class or your yoga practice where your mind is distracted, you're thinking about other things. And sometimes it takes a few minutes to get into that parasympathetic nervous system. And then all of a sudden you're in that system and it's gone. Mm. Whatever you were worrying about an hour later, you think, okay, well, now I can deal with it. Now I feel better. And the more you practice, the more that feeling stays with you through your day. Mm. So the trick is consistent practice and continually integrating that yoga into your everyday life. So let's talk about um, whether you have to be flexible, whether you have to, um, you know, if you're the kind of person who likes to go to gym and you like to sweat and you like the aerobic would 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 yoga appeal to you? So such an interesting question. So many people call me and say, "I really want to start yoga, but I can't touch my toes." Right. It's the standard line, and you know, people that come, especially beginners, I love it because they come and they really can't touch their toes, and they really can't stand on their head for five minutes, and they can't do handstands, and they can't focus on their breathing, and that's the beauty about being a beginner is that you. There's something that grasps you and you take time to get there. And the reality is it's not about touching your toes or standing on your head or doing your handstands or the breathing. It's about coming to the class, being committed to being on your mat. And slowly the changes happen. The changes occur. And all of a sudden you can touch your toes. And all of a sudden you can do all the physical amazing things. But really an advanced practice is about coming to your mat Every day or consistently, however many times a week, breathing, doing the yoga poses. And that's what yoga is about. It's not about touching your toes, being flexible, having the strength and doing the stuff that the people around you are doing in class. And that's actually one of the reasons why I don't have mirrors in my classes. Good. Because it's better to be inward focused. Mm. Um, and, you know, the aerobic and all of that comes with it. It's very good for your heart. It's good for so many it benefits. Be it's very tough. Yes. Even after 17 years of practicing, it is sure. tough. It's tough. It's hard. It never gets easy. But the feeling afterwards is just always amazing. What came to me when you were talking is what Miley was saying. So what it also teaches you is if you're not flexible, whatever, appreciating where you are at that stage. Absolutely. So there's the appreciate forgiveness. 
Absolutely. If I can't, if I can't touch my toes, it's okay. Mm, absolutely. You know, and all of those, it's like kind of what she was talking about. And there you are in a class and you're working on that. You're physically, besides emotionally moving into that space with the breathing, which well, is fantastic. Well, I think the biggest lesson about yoga is what you experience on your mat, the physical sensations that go through your body, like let's say you can't do a pose or you can't access your breath, is exactly what happens off your mat. There's situations in life that we can attend to. There's situations we can't attend to. And it's about letting go and having that acceptance exactly. Um, you know, mm. it's just letting go, surrendering, accepting where you are at that point in time and knowing that it will change. Right, right. So let's talk about cancer warriors. Let's talk about those who are going through treatment. Maybe they've just finished treatment. How is yoga with, with cancer treatment? So the most important thing in terms of the psychological benefits is that it reduces your levels in, of anxiety and it helps with depression. And when you are going through cancer and you're experiencing that trauma and that pain inside and that feeling of despair, actually, is that you know that you have an outlet to be able to help you through it. And um, what yoga does is it just allows you that space to get out of that trauma of the cancer, to be able to breathe, to be able to feel some sort of hope and just a lightness, actually, a lightness of being. And um, just mm. creates a certain calmness within. And a connection with your body. Absolutely. Which is so important. Absolutely. I mean, the mind-body connection, even if the body is sick, Absolutely. It's so important, Absolutely. that connection, right? Well, that's, that's actually what yoga is. Yoga means union of mind and body. That's the, the, what the Sanskrit word means. And when you are going through um, cancer treatment or if, as a cancer patient, you're able to connect to yourself and be more present. I love it. Nadine, thank you so much. So if you've been listening and yoga has been something you've been thinking about, wow, I mean, it ticks all the boxes. It ticks all the boxes. Lee, have you ever done... Yeah, so can I touch my toes? No, <laughs> not at all. Listen, you can climb Everest. Yeah, we didn't even talk about your run in the Sahara, but the field of dreams, very in 30 seconds, you've, you've started a school in the Michalisburg. Yes, yes, it's, uh, Hardebiersburg Dam. Hardebiersburg, yes, yes. We've been running it now for five years. Oh. It's registered as an ECD, so our early childhood development center is, we're building 10 classrooms, eight for uh, able-bodied amazing. children and two for special needs children. You are amazing, Lee. Really. Thanks for this opportunity. Oh, so show. you've inspired people. Yes. If people want to book you for talks, how do they do that? Fantastic. There's an agency in Johannesburg. It's called Unique Speakers Bureau, and they manage all the bookings. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Lee. So great having you on the show. What happens when you say yes? Get this book. I'm loving it. Nadine, thank you. Thank you so Beautiful much, Beautiful having you great on the show, for telling us, sharing the great benefits of yoga. And thank you for listening. Listen, I love being with you every week. Yes, the electricity is not working. Yes, it's raining. But you get to listen to High FM. For me, Nikki Severini, until next week, you do take care. Goodbye. This is Lifelinks with a DL link.